Go with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. I'm not going to go very long today. In fact, worship team, go ahead and be prepared uh, to come back up. Um, I'll call you up in a moment, but um, I want to continue in the vein that we've been talking. We've been talking on faith. And in fact, it was Nick this morning. He asked, you know, what do you minister on? I said, we're going to talk about faith. And he said, oh, something new. (laughs) Hallelujah. It is something new. The word is always new. Amen. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting the, the topics that we think we have down sometimes, and it's interesting the, uh, the uh, areas of God's word that we feel like, oh, I've, I've heard that. I came from, uh, uh, I was raised in a circle that we talk faith all the time, all the time. I mean, my, the Bible school I went to is called Rhema. That means the spoken word of God. That's a Greek word that literally means the spoken word of God. That we were founded on faith. Mark chapter 11, uh, 23 and 24. You can have whatever you say. If you speak to this mountain and, uh, uh, and, and tell it to be cast into the sea, it will be done. I mean, this is what I was raised around, raised on, raised under, was faith. But faith has to be challenged. Faith has to be encouraged. Every year I will speak on faith. Every single year. At least once a year. At least once a year. Because if you're not strengthening or building up your faith, you are weakening in your faith. There is no other alternative. Are you hearing me? You don't just get to a level and stay there. You constantly have to be challenging your faith. You constantly have to be building your faith. And if this is the very thing that causes my life to be pleasing to the Lord, then I want to make sure I'm giving attention to it. Amen? Because as we said, what is not challenged does not grow. What is not challenged does not grow. If I don't have some sort of resistance, and if I don't give some sort of attention to my faith and to my faith walk and my faith life, then I'm not growing in it. I'm becoming weaker in it. And, and, and I'm not giving the attention. And sometimes we have to be careful with this because our faith, for one thing, will get us to a level where I don't operate in faith anymore. I get comfortable. I get comfortable. Get comfortable. Our church is phenomenal with giving. Our church is one of the most generous churches that I've ever seen or been a part of. I've been in churches where pastors had to beg their church to raise an offering or, to, or, or just to even get the tithe in, just to, just to be consistent in giving the 10%. And our church does a phenomenal job with that, and we always will because we speak on it and we teach on it. I heard a pastor say one time, if he, said, he said, any area that you do not preach on or teach on, you can expect your people to be weak in. Any area that I refuse to preach on or teach on is an area you will be weak in. And so we preach about it and we talk about generosity and we talk about giving and we talk about uh, what it means to give the tithe and what it means to give off. But there are some of us that have gotten comfortable in our giving. We haven't challenged ourselves. We, it's like walking into a gym and lifting exactly what you know you can lift every single time and never going up a level. And going up in weight. I know right now what I could go into a gym and get on the bench press. And I know what weight I could put on there and get three sets of ten every single time. I know that. 
And I won't grow just doing what I know I can do. I grow when I get beyond my capacity and I get beyond what I'm comfortable with and I get beyond what I know I can complete. And that's where God wants us to be is out there on the waves, not on the shore. God wants us out there where trusting in him is the only way we come out, is the only way we come through. That's where God wants us to be. In 1 Kings chapter 18, we have the prophet Elijah. And um, we see an amazing thing happen here in verse 41. No, I want to back up. Verse 38. 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 38. Uh, to give you some context, um, the, the land is in a drought, a famine. Hasn't been rain for uh, three years. And the prophets of Baal, of another god, have challenged the prophet Elijah and God himself to cause rain to come on the earth. And so they said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to find out whose God is really good. We're going to set up this altar. And whosoever God strikes the altar with fire, that's the real God. And so the prophets of Baal, a lot of them, start doing their little chants and their little dances and all their natural stuff that they do to the prophet Baal to get this fire to come out of heaven and burn up the altar. And all day long they're trying this and the prophet Elijah's taunting them and, you know, he said, maybe your God went to the bathroom. Maybe he's taking a break. Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's tired. I mean, he's just taunting them, you know, because he knows who his God is. It's amazing that how the boldness that will come on your life when you know who your God is. Amen. And so then Elijah gets up in there. He says, all right, my turn. And he douses this thing with water, this altar. Builds a trench around the, the altar, cons- uh, 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 fills it up with water, pours water on top of the, the altar. I mean, this thing, there's no way that... A fire is consuming this thing. And the prophet Elijah cries out to God here in verse 38. says, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up the water that was in the trench. See, when God's power shows up and when God's fire shows up, it gets everything. It doesn't leave anything left over. God doesn't do anything halfway. He burns it all up. When you offer your life as a sacrifice to him, he wants all of you. And so many times we want to hand over a portion or hand over a percentage or hand over. uh, uh, But we always have that thing in the corner that we want to hold on to. And God's saying, no, I want to consume all of it. And he gets it. Looks up the water in the. In the trench. Now, when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let one of them escape. They seized them. Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and executed them there. God means business. Executed them there. So God just did this. Tremendous miracle. 
How many of you have seen God do a miracle in your life? Seen God do something only he can do. No, no man could get credit. I, I couldn't get the glory. Only God could make this happen. In fact, man gave up on me. Come on, anybody with that testimony? Man didn't offer me any, any, any hope. Man didn't have any resources. But God, amen. So we got to have some but God moments. Amen. We got to have some God moved moments. But now look in chapter 19, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 1. I want to encourage your faith today. Have you ever asked God for something and then when you realized the work or the challenge that came with it, you almost regretted asking him for that thing? Amen. We want to see God move and we want God's blessings. But just as Kylie just said, you know, we want God's blessings minus the sacrifice it takes to get it or the sacrifice. You know, motivation will obtain something, but it's discipline that maintains it. Motivation can obtain a marriage, but it's discipline that maintains a marriage. You hear me? So we've got to recognize that sometimes the things that we're asking God for, we see in the blessing form. But God says that there's work involved. And now here in 1 Kings 19, yay, God showed up. Yay, God consumed the, the altar. Yay, God showed himself strong and mighty. We have killed all these prophets. But here in 1 Kings chapter 19, the tide turns. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. This is King Ahab. Also, how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Now watch this, verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, everyone say, saying, sent a messenger to Elijah saying, let the gods do to me and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. The king has gotten word of what the prophet Elijah did with these prophets of Baal. Now he's gone over because the king Ahab is a coward. He has no spine. He, he's an absolute wreck and his wife is overpowering. He, uh, his wife Jezebel uh, uh, wants to be in charge and, and Jezebel's and Jezebel's spirits always find weak men to side with so that they can get their agenda accomplished. And so uh, this Jezebel uh, queen uh, is really getting all the work done. King Ahab have is just a pawn in her court. And so uh, Jezebel says, let me tell you what's going to happen to prophet Elijah. I'm going to make sure his life is as one of those prophets that he just executed and more by this time tomorrow. A threat. A threat. Everyone say a threat. Look at verse 3. We taught on this last year, and I, I wanted to pull it out again because it's, it's so impactful. And when he saw that, that, I mean, that just, some of you already know where we're going. That, that just blows my mind. What did he see? 
Why doesn't it say, and when he heard that? Because he allowed what he heard to become what he saw. This is what we talked about last week, a fixed focus. Faith has to have a focus. In fact, faith always has a focus. It's a, it's a matter of where are you focusing, because where you're putting your focus is where you're building your faith. And when he saw that, Elijah allows what he heard to become a vision in his mind before him. He saw himself being executed by Jezebel. He pictured it. He used his imagination, his God-given imagination, to picture the wrong thing. And now, he look, look what it says. When he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. His response was dictated by his vision. Your, your response, your actions following are always dictated by what you see. We respond to the vision that we see. We respond to the picture, the image, and, and, and what, we, what we get in our mind. We respond to that. And his response is to what? To run and to flee. From what? He has allowed the enemy's threat of what might happen to be greater than the miracle that just happened. How many times have we done this? We, we allow a threat of something that hasn't even taken place yet to be greater than the miracle that he just saw in 1 Kings chapter 18. The Bible says that the enemy roams around as a roaring lion. As. That he is not a roaring lion. He's as a roaring lion. See, the, the only, what you receive is determined by your perception of something. And something doesn't have to be fearful to make you fearful. It doesn't have to be life-threatening to feel life-threatening. Here we have a threat from the enemy that is louder, that is greater to the prophet Elijah than the miracle that he just saw take place. I mean, we, we just saw God burn up an altar that was, uh, that was loaded down with water, consumed by fire, executed all the prophets of Baal. We just proved who God is. We just proved what God can do. We just saw the miracle. We just saw God demonstrate by his own hand and by his own work. And by his own power, what he's capable of doing. And now here a day later, we're running. We're running. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life and went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed. What? He didn't pray that God would show himself strong. He didn't pray that God would deliver him. He said, God, I pray that I want to die. 
a day after seeing God move. A day after. It is enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Listen to the cry of this prophet. A day later. Everyone say a day later. See, I'm excited about what God, the the miracles that God does in our lives and, and thankful that he shows himself strong. But where are you at a day later? Where are you at a week later? Where are you at a month later? It's easy to sing your promise still stands. Great is thy faithfulness when he's burnt up the altar. But a day later when the next trial shows up, can we still say, I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. Or are we back to, just take me out? Many times the last miracle is the only miracle we can believe for. And this is where faith arises. This is where faith is strengthened. This is where faith, because where faith is challenged, faith is strengthened. You should be thanking God. I, I, I told, um, who did I, maybe I just said it just a minute ago during worship. I want to make the devil wish he never brought the trial in my life. I want, to, I want the devil to see that every time you bring something against me, and every time somebody talks bad about me, and every time I don't get my way, or every time I don't uh, see that thing come through just yet, or you are just setting me up to defeat you. Uh, you're just making me stronger because what the enemy meant for bad, God will turn around for good. And what you meant to, tame me, tear, to break me down, God's going to use to build me up. That's the perspective that we have to have. Nothing changed in this scenario. God is good, then the devil is bad. God is good, and the devil is bad. God has the power, and the enemy doesn't. But this is what he does, is he throws out threats. And it's all a matter of what you focus on that determines what you feel. That where you become strong. He could have easily responded and said, are you kidding me? You're going to take my life? Did you see what just happened yesterday? Do you know my God? Do you know who he is? Do you know? Are you serious? Do I need to take you to the field where all the prophets of Baal are laying dead, dead, uh, bled wide open? Do I need to show you? Your threat means nothing to me. But yet, he focuses on the threat. So he runs. And now his prayer is rather the the same prophet that just prayed, God, I know you're powerful. I know what you can do. Now show all these people your power. Show all these people what you're capable of. Now he's praying that he might die. Verse 5, as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. He looked, and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you. See, see, this is where God gets the glory, is when it's too great for you. 
We, we love it when God keeps us in a position where we don't have to exercise faith. And we feel like that's where our faith is really strong. But I'm here to tell you today that your faith is, is strengthened in the tension between what you can do and what is beyond you. That's where faith is strengthened. And many times we are praying, God, I want out. And God is saying, I want to bring you through. Verse 8, so he arose and ate and drank. And he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he was, or there he went into a cave, spent the night in that place. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said, what are you doing here, Elijah? That's what God is asking. What are you doing here? What are you even doing here? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Uh, just so internally driven. That, that's, that's where we end up. When, 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 we, when our faith is lacking, when, when we lack in the ability to believe in what God can do, we start making excuses of why it, it's as bad as it is. torn down the altars. They've killed other prophets with the sword. Now I'm the last one. Anybody ever felt like you're the last one? I, I alone am left. There's never an excuse for an excuse. That's where he's at. And so God reveals himself. Worship team, if you would come. God begins to Reveal himself to Elijah. And I want God to begin to reveal himself to you today. I want God to reveal that he hasn't changed. That the challenge and the trial and the struggle that you're going through is but merely a threat. I want you to know today... That the same God that burned up the altar in 1 Kings chapter 18 is the same God that will get you through the next trial. Y'all probably know, but we're going to do, do it again. You know that. They're that good. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. I want to encourage your faith today. I pray always that your faith is encouraged in this place. Because the alternative is that your faith is discouraged. But I pray that when you walk back through these doors and you go back to your car and you go back to your house and you go back to your day you go back to your life. You go back to your routine. See, I, I, I don't want church to just be an escape from all of that. I, I remember, even as a child or even in high school, going to church and feeling so excited. I mean, you're around other believers. 
You're singing songs that are just lifting God up. You're hearing a word that's just building your faith. But then when you left, you left it. You left all that behind. I left all that behind. I I remember waking up Monday and feeling like, why don't I feel like I did yesterday when we were singing those songs? Why don't I feel just as encouraged as I did? I mean, when I was on the front row lifting my hands and singing and worshiping when the pastor was ministering and I was just taking all those notes, I just felt like I could conquer anything. And now, here I am, back home, back at life, back in the routine, and I'm right back to where I was before I walked in those doors. I'm encouraging you the same way that I just uh, that we are encouraging our youth. So don't let this be something you leave here. Let it be something that you take from here. Let it be something that you can wake up Monday morning and be just as encouraged as you are right now. Let it be so resonant within you. Because you know what? God, he's not in this guitar. He's not in this bass. He's not in these voices. He's in this. He's in this. He's right here. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Elijah, he feels forsaken. Elijah feels forgotten. Elijah feels left behind. And in verse 11, it says, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. See, he went into a cave, and, and that's what many of us do is we hide. And we, we find the deepest recesses of our lives to, to bury ourselves in. But he said, I'm, I want to reveal myself to you. But you're going to have to come out of the cave. You're going to have to make yourself vulnerable. See, in the cave, they can't find you. But coming out on the mountain, out on the ledge, you're at the top now. Everybody can see you. They can see all the good. They can see all the bad. They can see all the ugly. They can see all the struggles. They can see all the pains. They can see all the trials. But he says, that's where I want to reveal myself to you. That's where I do my greatest work. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake of fire, the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So many times we look for God in the extraordinary that we miss Him in the mundane. We look for God in these great shows, in these great ways of moving. And he's wanting to tell you today that he's working in your situation. 
I get asked that question all the time. I feel like my faith doesn't work or I feel like my faith isn't working. And, and, and you have to realize he's always working. He hasn't stopped working and he will never stop working. But what happens is, is we, we tie our faith to outcomes. Well, I prayed for healing. I should be healed. I prayed that they would live and they died. I prayed that I would get the job and I lost the job. And so then we feel like our faith didn't work. But maybe, maybe he's not done. Maybe rather than that being the conclusion, it was just a part of the process. Maybe losing the job was part of God directing you somewhere else that you really needed to be. Maybe God is trying to show you something in the process. And this is that tension where we feel like we're struggling in our faith when God is trying to build your faith. Where God is trying to show you it's not in the absence of trials and in the absence of struggles that you have faith. It's in the very presence of the struggle that your faith is built. It's in the very presence of the thing that you're resisting and the thing that you're trying to push off and the thing that you wish would just go. It's in the very presence of the struggle that God is saying, I'm right here. Because more, sometimes we have more trust in an answer than we do in God. Sometimes we have more trust in knowing why God did something or why something happened than we do in God himself. Notice he doesn't answer Elijah's prayer. Fine, you want to die? I'll take you out. And notice he doesn't say, oh, she said what? I'll go down there and take care of her. I got you back. No, he doesn't say that at all. He lets Elijah just wallow in his pity, wallow in his hurt and his pain. And then he says, let me show you who I really am. And the still small voice shows up. And verse 15 says this. And the Lord said to him, go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. Whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. When you feel like you're alone, God is just setting up. God is just setting it up. He said, I've got this guy over here, and I've got this king over here. And by the way, I've got a prophet that's going to take your place. And on top of that, I've got 7,000 more. 
You thought you were by yourself. You thought you had no reason to go on. You thought it was better just to die. I'm just getting started. I've got people set up to worship me to get my job accomplished, to get my assignment done in the earth. And he's telling you today, I brought those children through that Red Sea. I brought water out of the rock. I raised my son from the dead after being gone three days in the tomb. I am still the same yesterday, today, and forever. If I did it before, I'll do it again. If I did it before, I'll do it again. If I healed you before, I'll heal you again. If I came through for you before, I'm going to come through for you again. If I make sure you didn't go without before, I'm going to make sure you won't go without now. You don't worry about how I'm going to do it. You just worry about the miracle. You just keep trusting in me. You just keep believing and standing on the promise because my promise is sure and my promise is founded and my promise is real and you can have confidence in that. That's what he's saying today. Don't forget the altar. Don't forget the fire. He's come through for you too many times for you to give up now. He's shown himself strong and mighty in your life for you to walk away now. He made sure that you didn't go without way too many times for you to quit and say, well, I guess this is as far as I'm going to go. He's not done with you yet. If there's breath in your lungs, if you've got hands to raise, if you've got a voice to shout, if you've got legs to dance, if you can move, if you can talk, if you can scream, do it. You're still here. Your promise.